You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. Trey to Daniel. Trey to Daniel. Come over. Yeah, Mom. I'm here. I'm cruising the ocean floor here looking for conch shells. You said cock shells, man? No, conch shells. Conch? Oh, gotcha, man. <laughs> yeah. Nope. There's no conch down here. No communication error there, man. <laughs> it happens. How's uh, I, it's, it's, it's looking fine up here. I think that's what you're going to say. But how's it going down there, man? Oh, pretty good. I'm just looking. Wait a second. Oh. The hell is that, man? I'm, I'm approaching a, an undersea Peruvian flute band. They're waving. I'm waving back. Tell them to say, hey, man. And it says, hey, man. The short one on the left waved as if in greeting. Sounds All good. All right, I'm, I'm proceeding down to this, this, around the other side of this reef now. I'm getting some reading, man. What else is that? Wait a second. What is there? Something big's coming. Oh, it's a catfish. Oh, wait, wait a second. Ah, uh, I got it under its belly. I'm subduing the beast. Man, I, th- I thought catfish was freshwater, man. Oh, these saltwater cats get big. I'm touching him under his chin. He's swimming away. Very slowly. Sounds eloquent. Like... Very eloquent beast. Yeah, it sounds like he's very content, man. Thank goodness. Wait. Oh, oh it's raining. Can you hear? Uh, my transmission seems to be breaking up in this weather. I want to try to move to a quick. A better, better just, spot there. Uh, definitely static, you man. I'm moving out of the storm. Alright. 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 Wait, wait a second. Wait, wait. I heard something. There it is again. Wait a second. I gotta. I, I'm kinda scared. What, what is this? That, that monitor, man, is, is starting to beep up here. You okay? I don't know. There, there's something. There's something paying on my scope here. Let's get it closer. Man, you really need to get out there, man. I, I don't know. Wait, wait, it's right. Coming around this corner. Oh my god. Daniel, it's a string quartet. It's a string quartet, Daniel. I'm getting out of here. Surface, I'm, I'm surface. pulling you, man. Blow the ballast I'm pulling you back up. I'm coming up. I'm leaving. Oh my god, man. Get me out of here. Oh, Jesus. That was a close one. So, I'm okay. Let's just get on with the podcast. Yeah, man. All right. Got to go to work. All right. All right, guys. Welcome to another Blast from the Past with 80s Revisited, part two of the Jawsome Special. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed our little masterpiece theater again, celebrating the Jawsome Twosome. And this week should be interesting, I think, but we'll see when we get into the discussion aspect as we are now talking about Jaws 4, otherwise known as Jaws the Revenge. By the way, I'm Daniel Sanangelo. And I'm Trey Harris. (laughs) And with us, as always, is our producer, Jesse. Yes, I am. And we're talking about Jaws 4, and I really don't know where to begin, so we'll just go right into it. Jaws the Revenge, released July 17th, 1987. I was the lad of seven. Daniel, you were three. 1987, I was three. Just turned three, roughly, about May, I believe. Uh, it opened the same day as RoboCop, the great 80s Paul Verhoeven classic action film. <laughs> which you haven't seen as well, so and we'll get to on the podcast. Uh, again, the same day, it didn't open number one. RoboCop beat it. RoboCop made eight million. Uh, Jaws made a respect four, made a respectable seven point one million. 
off Close of a, to number one. Off of a $23 million budget. Mm. Worldwide, I mean, I'm sorry, domestic, it made 20.7. So domestically, it didn't meet its budget, but worldwide, it did. It made 51.8 worldwide. IMDb gives this movie a 2.7. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 0%. <laughs> that isn't good for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this movie. Uh, directed by Joseph Sargent, who did the who also directed the original Taking of Pelham 123, which recently had the remake with John Travolta and... Uh, I forget the other, John Rice Davis. John Reese uh, yeah, Davis, yeah. Something like that. Rice. One of those three-person like names. part of me that's still talking like I want to talk Jamaican, so I have to do it. <laughs> if you got to throw a man in there, do it, okay? It's okay. And then uh, recently he made a film called Something the Lord Made, which is actually a pretty decent movie with Alan Rickman and Most Def, uh, about some, based on a true story. Definitely worth looking into. And it was written by Michael de Guzman, who pretty much didn't do anything de after Guzman. This. He dug his own grave with Jaws. De Goose, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just some, it's Jaws of Revenge. I'm not really excited about this podcast. <laughs> what? No. This, this is going to be an interesting thing because I was so under the impression that this movie is just horrible. And I actually think it's one of my favorite movies ever. And you're lying. <laughs> yes, no, I am. You're, you're not lying. You're exaggerating. <laughs> No, but Greatly. It's, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Like it, I did kind of build it up or build yeah. it down to be really bad. I didn't. Um, I was ex- the way y'all talked. I was expecting Star Wars to be amazing, and it was. Mm-hmm. I was expecting this to be trash. It was. It was. It was trash on the side, but it wasn't in the garbage <laughs> can yet. Like you know. Oh, so it was like the eclair in Seinfeld sitting on top of the trash that you. <laughs> it's okay to eat. It was on top of the trash. It was on top. But um, it was very stupid, <laughs> to say the least. And the ending is hilarious to me. We'll get it. Okay, mm-hmm. let me, let's go through the cast real quick, and then we can oh, talk crap. about. Uh, Lorraine Gray reprises her role as Ellen Brody. Of course, she was in the first one and the second, second one, one, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and she was also in a film called 1941. This was actually her final film, not because she died, but she just didn't act anymore. She, she saw uh, what was left. Like, <laughs> she was like, eh. she's still hoping for Jaws five. <laughs> eventually to come out and uh lance guest was mike brody uh i remember him from two great 80s films one halloween two the second being the classic last starfighter which i don't believe you've seen either of those films correct nope. me if i'm wrong well you will definitely see last starfighter and most likely halloween two on this podcast and the great mario <laughs> van Peebles model was jake his gear don't crap out uh of course he was from new jack city and ali ali and also he's in the comedy central original the hebrew hammer and then the great michael kane as hoagie you oh, might yeah. remember him from such low-budget films as Nolan's Batman trilogy, Children of Men, and The Prestige. I've never and, watched The Prestige. I need to watch oh, that. It's fantastic. fan freaking tastic as Willem Dafoe would say. <laughs> uh, Lynn Whitfield, a Baton Rouge resident here from Louisiana, played uh, People's Wife, Louisa. She was also in Stepmom and The Josephine Baker Story. Mm-hmm. And Judith Barcy played Thea, the little girl. Uh, she was also the voice of the main chick in All Dogs Go to Heaven. And I did not know this, but she's also the voice of Ducky from The mm-hmm. Land Before Time. Yeah. And while we're on her, it's, it's, this is really, really sad. The same, the year after this movie was released in '87, she actually died one less than a year later in 1988 because her father went crazy and basically killed his wife and her. So unfortunately, she has yeah, not I with her us. Up so. and I didn't even see the dead thing. <laughs> Too soon. Wow. Too God. soon, Jesse. <laughs> Let it sit in for a bit. <laughs> yeah, but very tragic uh, story with her. Unfortunately, uh, especially knowing that she was part of. You know, I, I didn't realize. 
the voice of Ducky was, you know, yeah. basically a girl of, you know, five or six. It's, you know, it sounded like an adult acting that way. So I mean, she was, she was really talented for her age, yeah. I would say. So it's definitely a loss. How many of them did they make? Land Before Time? Yeah. Well, of course, when I was a kid, there was one. The, the first one. And now I, I like they're on six or six. Oh, the yeah. first one's fantastic. That and American Tale. Yeah. Uh, I remember, they, they, I know they made the second American Tale. I was still relatively young, but I know now they're like on Land Before Time six, seven. Oh, I thought I it was no even more. It might be. Yeah, I thought it was like 13 or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's outpaced Friday the 13th. <laughs> but we're yeah. looking we're looking that we'll, up we'll update you we'll update you on the status just stay tuned 80s revisited here, well, here we go oh, oh, you were right go ahead yeah. Jesse yeah wow pretty much one almost every year since 94 that's odd because it came out in 88 so six years later that's when they started cranking them out what is yeah. Don Bluth he did All Dogs Go to Heaven yeah. American Tale uh, I know I'm missing something that's really cool uh, Secret of Nim oh okay that's, I'm that's pretty the sure one Andrea really likes yeah. oh, Secret of Nim's awesome but, uh, Daniel, this was the first time you've seen this movie, correct? Yes, didn't know anything and, about it. Yeah, so, Daniel, what did you think of Jaws the Revenge? And please, well, be honest. Again, I think it was so built up to be, like, mm-hmm. I was wanting to look, from the, uh, last week's podcast, I was wanting to look up stuff because you told me about the Oscar winner, mm-hmm. which is Michael Caine, by the way. Um, that it, it wasn't, I watched it and I made it through it. It wasn't bad, it wasn't like a... But it was hilariously bad. Like yeah. another, kind of like Jaws three. I like this one a little more than Jaws three. Really, a uh-uh, little bit brother. more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna the sound clips speak for my opinion because they're kind of dead on. No, but, but I mean, what I really want to do is hear you. I want you to give me your. Oh, it's about to on, happen. I yeah, mean, I'm you just tell me this. when you're done. <laughs> um, if I was, well, I'll do the score at the end. Yeah, but, but so you like this one more than three. Just a little bit. Okay, now They're both. Let me ask you this: really, What's really the worst bad. movie off the top of your head? Doesn't have to really be your worst movie because you're not really thinking off the top of your head. What's like the worst movie you could recall? Big Trouble in Little China. Oh no! Yes. No. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Daniel, that's what? wrong. No. That doesn't. Okay. Besides no. Big Trouble in Little China, I could not stand that movie. I'm, I'm sorry for you. I feel for you. I'll say a prayer for you tonight. <laughs> I'm people gonna write in like, what the fuck? I mean, that's fine. Oh, no. that pisses me off. That pisses me right off. But luckily, my friendship is stronger than piss. <laughs> so I won't be mad at like you. Like, just generally bad movies? Without considering Big Trouble. I, I don't... I can't... It's hard for me to think right off the bat. Okay, now, again, like I mentioned... Okay, if you're done, Matt, I'll have the, I'll take the floor. Go, go ahead, Trey. It's all yours. Okay, as I mentioned before, this series away. is dear to me. When I was a kid, I loved all four of them. Loved them to death because I love sharks. Uh... And of course, as you get older, the first two are still. The first one is still just a, just watching it on Blu-ray a few weeks ago was still. It's still amazing. Still a amazing motion picture, especially when you take into consideration the time it was filmed in the '70s with those effects, uh, and how good the shark looked then compared to modern films and even the Revenge. Although it did look better in the Revenge than it did in Three, yeah, with the static yeah, floating images. Mm-hmm. But there's just so much. It just this one is just so stupid. Wait. It's absolutely ludicrous. I didn't see that. Oh, the uncut ending? Yeah. We'll play it real quick and let you watch it. Okay, because on, on the one that I watched, it never showed like the shark get impaled. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it has that one little steel shot of where it hits, and then it... Okay, let's see if this... One... <laughs> oh, the roaring shark is a great touch. See, there's a shot from earlier. Slow motion. 
He flashes it. It, it stays above water, roaring. The boat's <laughs> getting closer. The shark has been out of the water for at least two minutes now. See, I did not slowly, see that part slow, right there. See, that little scene before the shark's gushing blood out of its mouth, they show that one, and then it blows up. Yeah, okay. See, now this one makes a little bit more sense because the shark is impaled on the boat, and it's thrashing, yeah. you know, knocking them off the boat. It doesn't explode, which why they didn't keep this ending is beyond me. Because That's a pretty awful ending. There's... It's better than the shark exploding. <laughs> the, the exploding one's laughable. Extremely. Well, I mean, honestly, name a shark movie where they don't kill the shark by blowing it up, practically. <laughs> Basically. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. And 90% of the shark movies, you have, you can't kill a sh- Apparently, sharks are bulletproof. <laughs> and you have to blow them up. So that's why at the end of the traditional version of Jaws the Revenge, they steer, uh, Lance Guest, Mike Brody, shocks the shark with a little impromptu device that can make the shark come out of the water fully (laughs) aside from its tail like a fucking dolphin and stay up there for about two minutes that shocking thing creates lungs (laughs) (laughs) so i can breathe what am i doing here it confuses the shark and also makes the shark roar sharks don't fucking roar it's not a dinosaur (laughs) that's just it's like and you heard it just a second ago Sharks don't roar. Okay, well, first, let's start at the beginning. Sharks don't have a personal vendetta against a family. Like, oh, you killed my grandpa or whatever. How far did that shark travel? Let's see. Amity Island (laughs) is in New England. Okay. You know, Boston, around that area. uh, So it swam down the eastern seaboard, down past Florida, into the Caribbean. Very quickly. Yeah, I mean, they flew, and that shark beat them there. (laughs) Practically. Because they were there for like a day, and then like, oh, let's go dive for our shells, and oh, shit, there's a shark. Mm. It's, it's okay. You're already starting off on the bad on a bad foot. Like I mentioned before, Jaws three. That's I can see the story going to that in, in that direction. Mm. It's it's dumb, but it can work for it worked for Jaws three. The fact that a shark and you name the movie Jaws the Revenge, like it's some sort of otherworldly creature that has a psychic connection to the Brody family and is hunting them down over the all around the globe, and it just randomly starts. It's not like this happened right after one or two. This is years later, and this shark's like, hmm, now that I'm big and strong and my psychic link to the Brodies has grown, I will hunt them down and devour their children well, and eat their just, flesh. Now, now, this is just originally the thought of one, like, psychotic old lady. <laughs> now, 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 I'll tell you what. This movie would have been awesome if the shark would have been in her head and she was just going batshit crazy. Yeah. But no, they had to add a psychic shark with a vendetta who roars and can dance out of the water like a motherfucking dolphin. I like where this is going. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there is this... We talked about all the, the numerous uh, sci-fi channel shark movies. Mm. Sharktopus is more feasible than this movie. Hmm. Mega shark versus giant octopus is more realistic than this ever happening. Mm. Seriously, this is... So, the plot of this movie is so stupid. But... To its credit, as we mentioned last week, this has my favorite kill out of the entire Jaws series. This is on the banana boat? Yeah. That is, that was pretty And that tight. was pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> like, you know, it's eating them out of the water. And it's like, you know, it's pretty graphic. It's, you know, it's, that part was done well. That was pretty scary. When I saw this as a kid, I didn't want to ride a banana boat after this. Yeah. You know, it was effective. But again, as a kid, I loved all of them just because it was a Jaws movie. Yeah, I had that that glow. That oh, it's Jaws. You know, I didn't care that it was and stupid. Oh, there was a person from the original, like a yeah, someone memorable. You know, you and know, they, you know. you know, of course, Roy Scheider knew better than to be in this movie. So they quickly say, oh yeah, he's dead. He the fear of it, the fear of it killed him, Michael. <laughs> you know, like oh really? Yeah. You know, after killing yeah, two yeah, fucking sharks, smart. he has a heart. Like, I'm sorry if you ju- if you kill the two largest great white sharks ever on record without like you know 
you know, you didn't catch them. You literally shot a scuba tank in one of their mouths and blew it up, and then you had the other one chomp on an electrical pole as it was charging you. You got balls of fucking steel, man. I don't think the fear of another one would be something you'd worry about. <laughs> so let's just say, oh, he's dead. Oh, yeah, he's dead, blah, blah, blah. Now, I will say this. The one thing about this movie that I uh, appreciate is that as a child, the first time I went to Universal Studios in Florida, they had the subprop and the shark oh, nice. in the back lot to where you could see it. Actually, I don't have my picture in front of it. I have my mother's picture in front of it. The actual shark used in the, you know, the scene, like the scene, we're looking at uh, Google where the shark's roaring and coming up to eat Jake and all, you know, leaping out of the water, biting the banana boat chick. Like, I actually got to see that one, which was really cool. You know, it's a part of a franchise I love. But again, I'm not going to hide, I'm not going to excuse the fact that because I love the franchise, this movie's a steaming pile of shark shit. And shark shit is like not even steaming. It's liquid and goes everywhere. Mm. So, I mean, that's saying that this is a solid turd floating on the surface of the water. It's a vacuum as soon as it takes a sh- now, <laughs> it now, comes off. Now, it, it, like, it goes without saying this movie's terrible. But again, like even today, I can still watch it and get a good laugh out of yeah. it. You know, uh, it's definitely humorous. Expe- and I, know, uh, I do apologize for maybe making it sound like it was truly terrible. I do agree with you. It is like it's one of those. It's not so bad. It's good. It's so bad. It's worth watching once, maybe every ten years, yeah. and just to see the the ludicrous parts. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to catch oh. this on TV. Like, yeah, yeah. And before I forget, also the shark in this movie is able to exponentially shrink and grow when it needs to fit inside a sunken ship. <laughs> okay, this shark is huge. It could, obviously, it's yet it fits into a little door, a little. Uh, yeah, and he climbed up the ladder. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, based on the fact that it, chew, it it's holding human beings in its jaws to where it's comparable to the size of the original jaws. So let's say it's 25 feet. I think that's a good estimate estimate of the size of the shark. Now, a 25-foot shark can't fit inside the corridors of a sunken, you know, Navy vessel where, like, two people can't even pass without turning and squeezing past each other. So the shark is just like, it sucks in and just wiggles, swims through with no problems, hunts him down inside this ship. And then he MacGyvers out of it with his scuba tank, you know, which is pretty cool. He gets out of there, yeah. but then the you know the shark ah right before it gets him. It's this movie's just it's stupid. Michael Caine's good then. Oh, he was. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if there's one bright shining point in this movie, it's like even this movie though this movie's terrible. He's like his. I like his character in it. I, and actually, the acting isn't that bad. I wouldn't say I wouldn't I uh, think compared the to three. Is better than three. Yeah. yeah, but I think because the ludicrousness. I'm making up that word right now, of three. Of the, you know, the sharks attacking SeaWorld. And, and then, it fits to the, the fact that that could never happen. <laughs> that a Megalodon comes back and attacks everybody because its baby was killed. It also seems like work. A, towards the end, the shark became a little bit forgiving. <laughs> oh yeah, Like he should... must have let a, a Hoagie escape. Like, yeah. okay, you can go ahead and open the door on the other yeah, side. I mean, I'm it comes right out. And they use that same shot of the shark coming out of the water <laughs> like three times. Yeah. We saw it in the alternate ending, the uncut ending, where like it, it's that same slow motion. I think it happens right before it eats the girl. I think the first time it happens might be when it takes the girl off the uh, banana boat. Yeah. That just scene of it repeatedly coming out of the water is just like it's like, okay, we have one shot at it, they, which they filmed, and then like, okay, we can't, we don't have the budget to do it again. Let's just pop it back in. They don't even flip the frame or anything. At least George Lucas's Star Wars, when he did an extra shot of Jabba, mirrored it or something to make it look a little bit different, so you're you know anybody observant couldn't catch it without looking for it but uh honestly if it had the original ending which we just watched where it of course you 
people listening couldn't see it, but basically instead of them impaling the shark and it explodes magically, <laughs> it they stab the shark and the shark's thrashing on the end of it, impaled, dying, gushing blood from its mouth like Quentin Part 1, and it it's thrashing sinks the boat and that's how they get in the water. That makes more sense. Yeah. I would say that one, you know, that would take away from the stupidness of the fact that the shark... I mean, honestly, my biggest problem with this movie is the damn shark is psychic and hunts them down and it explodes. I mean, oh, what is it... Ha- I think that's a neat idea. No. No. <laughs> they stab it and it freaking explodes. There's no explanation. It's like, See, that's why... It, it, what, is, it, what, what about the thing that he, that Mario Van Peoples put in? What if he... Okay, he made a bomb something. with a flashlight... He's gay. What, what if you remember that scene? <laughs> <laughs> That's racist. No, I didn't mean it like I, that. I know you did. I'm making fun of you. But it, ER. He takes the little uh, pipe ring, you know, little plastic thing, puts it on the top of it, mm. takes a screwdriver, tightens one bolt on it, and all of a sudden it's this device that can electrocute a shark, <laughs> which he gives his life to put in it. Yeah, I mean, it's so stupid. It's just dumb. Which and also, I, I of have course, a school named after him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mentioned that I had the game for NES, and there's a screenshot right there on our screen. But, you know, the game was just Jaws for NES, and it starts, but it followed the plot of Jaws the Revenge, mm. to where you got to find conch shells and get enough, and then you hear the boom, 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 the heartbeat thing, and then the end of the game, you have to stab Jaws with the boat as he pops up. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> so, in case you didn't notice, I don't really have a high opinion of this movie. So, Trey, what would you give this movie? We'll get to that. Let's get the, that's at the end. We're going to keep you guys waiting. What number will it be? Or will it even be a number? It could be a sound effect like last week. Or maybe it's a letter. I don't know yet. <laughs> I haven't decided. But a uh, quick trivia. Uh, I didn't know this until I looked it up on IMDb. And it really doesn't make sense to me. But the events of Jaws 3 don't take like, are considered to never have happened in this movie. Which, mm. I mean, I don't see why they would even worry about that, simply because in Jaws 3, Mike Brody's saying how he got this deal to go, you know, be on a boat to, to be a scientist or whatnot. So why, you know, it makes sense just to keep it. I mean, they don't even have to reference it. I mean, obviously, since the Brody family has killed three gigantic, four, counting the baby shark, gigantic sharks, that the shark people have decided to declare war on them and they send out their warrior in Jaws 4 to hunt them down, their best tracker. <laughs> their tracker, Great White, to hunt them down. So, according to Very the Jaws canon, Great White. Jaws 3 never happened in this movie. So I guess you can pick either Jaws 3 or Jaws of Revenge being the last... Which one you want to be the end of the series? I'll choose Jaws 3. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Unless the... I'll, I'll choose Jaws 3 or Jaws 4 with the original ending. Yeah. So, put it to you that way. Yeah, the ending was hilarious. And then, uh, as I mentioned last week, I kind of teased you a bit, uh, but Louis Gossett Jr. won an Academy Award for an Officer Gentleman bef- the year before he played in Jaws 3 and got a Razzie nomination. Michael Caine won an Oscar for Hannah and His Sisters, which he couldn't accept because he was too busy filming this disaster piece. <laughs> so, he didn't get to accept his Best Supporting Actor Oscar because he was filming this movie, and then promptly was nominated for a Razzie in 87 for this movie. So him and Jaws 3 and 4 had that connection between Gossett Jr. and... Uh... Oh, yeah, here's a part in, in the Jaws game we're watching on TV where you had to... As Hoagie, you're flying the plane, you have to drop bombs on jellyfish. <laughs> what that has to do with the Jaws franchise, I don't know, but it's akin to the ludicrousy of Jaws 4. Maybe it's in the deleted scene. <laughs> yeah. We gotta, <laughs> hey, mate, we got to bomb these jellyfish because they're going to hurt Ellen and the other kids at the beach. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but, uh... Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, we could have maybe added to the excitement of the movie if there was a jellyfish bombing scene. <laughs> Push it out the back, mate. 
Like when he's flying Ellen in this plane. <laughs> All right, now I gotta do laundry. So why don't you just push these bombs out and we'll kill some jellyfish? <laughs> Tie it together, dude. Tie it together with the game. Make it make sense. But uh, Mario Van Peebles uh, wrote his own part, and I kind of liked mm-hmm. his dialogue. I thought he was. Yeah. I like I like this character. Uh, and like I mentioned before, this this movie established the precedent in shark movies. Uh, up until at least Shark Night 3D, where the black guy died. But usually the black guy you pre- is presumed dead, and then he eventually comes back, much like in Deep Blue Sea and. <laughs> and this movie where just when you think it's all over and thank goodness Jake comes back so good on you Jake for, survi- for surviving a great white shark chewing on you I'm which I think was I think that was a cool <laughs> shot too underwater that was like a really good effect of yeah. the mechanical shark swimming while chewing him like yeah. eating him when he was fighting it that was actually really cool like that was a good effects job as opposed to Jaws 3 it's like night and day Jaws 3 yeah and then as I mentioned I kind of teased you last week uh, there's a Michael King. Michael Caine has a quote about what he thought about being in this movie, uh, and it goes a little something like this. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I have never seen it, but by all accounts, it is terrible. However, I have seen the house that it built, and it is Terrific. What happened to Michael Caine? That's how Tom Hanks did Michael Caine on SNL. I thought it was funny. I'm sorry, Michael Caine. You're not one of my usual people to quote. Sound like Shatner doing a Michael Caine impression. That would have. This is my, my William Shatner. I have never seen it, but by all accounts, it's terrible. However, blah blah blah. All right, do that That's, and walk and go. Okay. Wow. That, that line. The whole. I've never seen. It, well, it counts. It's terrible, but however, I have seen the house that it built, and it is <laughs> terrific. One more, real quick, Jimmy Stewart, go. Oh, Jesus, I don't think I do good impressions, by the way. So this is for your enjoyment, Daniel. Jimmy Stewart. Uh, I've never, I've never seen it, Mr. Potter. But all accounts, it is terrible. However, I have seen the house, the house that I built, and it is terrific. That's the better one. Yeah. Okay. So now I know I need to not use anybody but Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm apologizing because of me. I don't do good impressions except of some people. So I guess I, I got to test them out on here to see. So I'll leave the other ones off. I did like the Jimmy Stewart. Right. Thank you, Mr. Potter. <laughs> Talking <laughs> on my good air. But uh, as I mentioned before, I think at the very beginning of the podcast, the tagline is, this time it's personal because we have a psychic freaking shark hunting down this family as they travel traverse the globe Miss via Cleo airplane. The shark. <laughs> <laughs> he can see the shark underwater. Like, oh, <laughs> but I it is. It works. Hello? It's like the land shark from SNL. Hello? I'm, I'm looking for the, the Brodies. Oh, yeah, dear. They're here in the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah, they okay. left. Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. Two ninety nine a minute. Oh, I don't I don't kind of have it on me. I'll, I'll give it to you when I see you. <laughs> chomp, chomp. Yeah, but uh, that's pretty much the trivia for this film. <laughs> really not too much to say. Although there is a, uh, kind of a, also a, uh, kind of a famous blooper in this movie. I don't know if you caught it, but you think Hoagie's dead. Then he pops up off the side of the boat, and he's completely dry. Yeah. Uh, there's two stories behind that. One story is that it took so long between takes, they literally he literally dried waiting for the shot, <laughs> them to set up for it. The other story is that on they actually filmed part of that scene on a back lot. 
So they dyed the water blue to look like the Caribbean. And they didn't want the actors in it because the blue dye dyed their clothes and their hair. So one of those is true. Hmm. But that's the reason for that inconsistency in the film. I know more. What? (laughs) Did you hear that? (laughs) Yeah, but uh, do you have the body body count here? I don't want to learn anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. That's the last bit of trivia I got for you. We got the body count. It might seem a little psychic right now. Let me me guess. guess. But, uh, Jesse, you haven't seen the movie. Do you want to take a gander? <laughs> Let's see. I'll go with a thousand. <laughs> I wish. That would have made this movie way more entertaining. Yeah, it would. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> you have a guess? Uh, hold on. Three? You are right. If you include the shark. Humans was two. The shark made it three. But it yeah. could also be four if you include the dream sequence, which we won't because no, you shouldn't include dream sequence. I really thought you would say two. I really thought so too. <laughs> you thought so too? Yeah, I really felt like I. Me too. Actually made the mistake and said. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, real quick re- recount of the body counts too. The first draws had six. Second one had nine. So num- uh, the second one had the highest body count. Nine people lost their lives in Jaws two. It's the bloodiest of the Jawses. Jaws three had six and four had three. But four did have like I mentioned before my favorite shark what, kill. What, what if you mentioned the fish at the beginning they were cooking? Yeah. I mean, you didn't see it. It was already dead, so it, was, it wasn't killed on screen, so it doesn't count. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can count like anything they eat in any movie. Oh, look, they're eating chicken. That's a dead chicken. But did you, did you actually see the, the banana boat when she what was at that point where she died? Like, did you really Oh, yeah, because then they have that scene where she's like, at least unconscious. She might be bleeding out, but when he, the shark sinks uh-huh. and you hear the heartbeat for some reason, <laughs> like you're on the boat, yet you're not, so whatever. <laughs> Bad sound design. Yeah, but you probably were, after you crawled out of this theater and saw the bright sunlight and realized, oh, it's over, thank you, Jesus, you probably was wondering what was happening in the real world. Well, there was some good news in the real world on the same day this movie was released. Certainly not because of this movie, but the Dow Jones closed above 2,500 uh, 2, points for the first time in its history. Big I think it was probably due to RoboCop. Yep. Not Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> Let's put some stock in that Apple company. <laughs> Maybe they can build this robot man. The future. The future market. of law enforcement. <laughs> which they are remaking, and if anybody out there has yeah. seen I've seen the suit. Seen the suit. It looks like Batman. And Iron Man. Yeah. Not a baby. It it oh God. <laughs> but that is another story. Well, there's always Robocop. Yeah. Like Jesse always says, they can't, went, they can't take the original too. away. Yeah, he's Michael Jackson. Yeah, he's Michael Jackson. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, if he robo dances, there might be something he does the to robot. this. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we Make mentioned it like last a buddy week. Cop film. <laughs> when Jaws three released, we saw the debut albums from two great musical acts. Uh, one being Metallica, one being Madonna. Two M's, M and M. But uh, also around the release of this Jaws, another legendary band had a debut album. That being Guns and Roses, which released their Appetite for Destruction album. Swords and Daisies. That could be a tribute band. That's a great idea for a tribute band. <laughs> I actually listened to Guns N' Roses' song came on the radio today. Hell yeah. Love that. Great album. I used to, when I was a kid, I actually mowed the lawn with my Walkman oh, nice. with this tape. <laughs> and I, I always knew I was about done with the front of the yard when the first side ended. That's awesome. And then I turned it over and finished that, it off. That, that says you did listen to it a lot. Oh, hell yeah, yeah baby. Guns and Appetite for Destruction. But uh, it actually became, uh, eventually became the highest selling debut album of all time, selling over 18 million copies and growing. And then uh, 10 days before this travesty hit theaters, Konami released a little game called Metal Gear, 
which is my favorite franchise, as well as uh, Steven Ocentelli from uh, Geekly Dose is one of his favorites as well. And he does a great, he does a much better solid snake impression than I do, because we know my impressions are uh, hit or miss. Uh, I'll take your word for it, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, don't forget everybody, we are part of the Awesome Podcast Network, which includes two other podcasts, one being the aforementioned Geekly Dose with Tim Bridgewater and Steven Ocentelli, and they cover everything geek. Uh, they do a weekly comic review, a weekly movie review, a weekly game review, and all the news of the week condensed. And also that great little feature of their podcast, uh, Preview Review. So mm. maybe we ought to do a retro preview review of a movie we've never seen before. We ought to do, yeah, 80s one that we I both have. to find a movie I haven't seen, though. Yeah, should be, should be too fanatic. hard. I mean, there's plenty out there. But uh, there's, there's also, also another Duo Attack, which is any and everything involving Hero Clicks. And uh, it's hosted by Justin Owens and Jesse Sigley. And Jesse, didn't a new set come out recently? Yep. The 10th anniversary sets for Marvel and DC. They came out, and we might talk about that one day. Nice. Hopefully yeah. soon. Little, little before the next set. Comes little out. busy schedules. Uh, yeah, that's life. Kind of conflicting four weeks. a little bit, but they're, yeah. they're coming, guys. They're yeah. coming. Yeah, but uh, there's always Maybe. the old episodes out there to listen to. If you're new to the, if you're new to Hero Clicks or looking to catch up on your geek news or your 80s movies, check out our old episodes. There's actually a ton of them now. We've been going strong for over six months now. Uh, Geekly Dose I know has their, they're on their uh, approaching the 25th episode I think this this is our 19th and uh, so there's plenty of content out there uh, pick a movie you like from our catalog and check them out uh, check out all the Geekly Dose stuff and also if you're looking to get into Hero Clicks uh, uh, Duo Attack definitely one that can help you learn the game as well I know I started a little bit after Jesse did and I learned something new every time I listened to it so they definitely helped my day go by a little bit faster at work so definitely check them out. And also, if you want to drop us a line, you can contact us two ways. There's 80srevisited at gmail.com. No apostrophe in that. Drop us a line there. And also on Facebook, you can check out all the content. We post stuff each week uh, related to the pod. all the podcasts do. Uh, movie posters, little bits of nostalgia and relevant stuff uh, on the Facebook page, which is just Awesome that? Podcast Network. I don't know. Is it that string quartet again? I don't know. Jesse does have a lot of instruments in her. <laughs> but definitely check them out, guys. We do appreciate you listening. And next week, everybody, we talked about it for a while, but we're starting our Halloween coverage. Next week will be the 80s cult classic, The Monster Squad, The Goonies with Dracula, Frankenstein, The Wolfman, and more. So tune in next week for a delightful horror movie. <laughs> Cowabunga! The Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts.